Hello and welcome to Beauties and Headcanons, where we're nerdy and you probably are too. I'm Tegan and I'm here today with Lindsay and we're here to talk nerdy about a very special Star Wars series that has come back for its second season now, The Mandalorian. So our new the new episode came out on Friday, both Lindsay and I have seen it and we are ready to talk about it. Um, before we get into the episode, though, we do want to put it out there that this is not going to be a spoiler-free episode. We right. will be discuss- <laughs> we will be discussing specifics in there. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, maybe just click out of this episode until you have yeah. a chance to see it. Because you know we're we're not going to be holding back here. We there's things that we want to talk about and discuss, and that's what we're right, going to do usual. today. It's like, if you haven't seen it, why are you listening? Yes. <laughs> Go watch it. My yes. Spend your time uh, with that instead. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I will be putting, you know, there are spoilers in this on the uh, description, but, you know, just as an extra precaution in case you didn't read the description, because I know not everybody will read descriptions, just in case their spoilers be ahead. <laughs> All right. So initial responses. Did we like it? I I really liked it. Like... You know, I I wasn't sure, you know, after the first season, you know, it was really, really good season, really solid. And I always have that lingering fear that, you know, it's like you try too hard the next time to kind of like Mm -hmm. compensate and then you just it goes in the complete opposite direction. Um, I feel like they really kind of started it off with a bang, though, pretty solid. They didn't try to do too much you know, or account for too much is basically right. kind of setting the same tone that they did the last season. Yeah, well, it's the first episode, so you can't, like, hit it too hard and then mm-hmm. have a bunch of, like, blah episodes after it. So yeah. I, I was impressed with how well it sort of, like, kept the story going. I felt mm-hmm. like I, I... I personally needed a breath of fresh air. Like, I yeah. needed a Star Wars Mandalorian episode yes. more than I realized. Yes. And then... Um, to, to, to watch it and then say, oh, okay, this is lovely. I, I, I can do this. That, that was probably my favorite part was that it mm-hmm. uh, transitioned very well for me into like my life <laughs> yeah there there were lots of really good callbacks lots of references to you know the first season to kind of continue like a bigger you know overarching storyline but still you know it's you know it had its own little contained story in and of itself as well it's I know hard sometimes to get that balance um because you know you don't want to do like a stereotypical like monster of the week or case of the week or you know mission of the week you know whatever the case may be but at the same time you know it can really easily get bogged down if you're focusing on just one main story so I found the balance to be pretty well done to you know introduce or rather reintroduce the whole notion that the Mandalorian is going to be you know seeking out you know the people of the child and trying to return him to them if at all possible and yet at the same time you know obviously you know things are happening still in the right. galaxy and so you know he's kind of getting caught up in these little misadventures as well so well and we know that there's going to be you know some people that show up too that we're mm-hmm. excited to see um, yes. so I was kind of glad like we only got one uh at the very end of the episode and mm-hmm. they kind of bombarded me with too much I probably would have been um more confused than I normally mm-hmm. am and to be fair I'm normally confused I have to watch it a couple times I have to <laughs> yeah, 
watch a couple of YouTube uh, shows to let me know what's really happening and who's who and what's what. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I especially like get lost in where we're at, what we're doing. Like at least they mm-hmm. were in, on Tatooine, so I knew that. Like I, yeah. Uh, if I don't know what Tatooine is and what it's about and mm-hmm. the terrain by now, then what have I been doing this whole time? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I simultaneously like can appreciate that. Um, there was different callbacks to other things too. So mm-hmm. after watching it like two times, I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I've got a pretty good handle on this. I know what happened and where we're going. And um, the broader, uh, there was there were some really cool like long shots that we got to see, like the traveling yes. um, on on the Banthas and like uh, you know, um, Cobb says something like. Oh, it's not far, but it feels like it's so far away because yeah. they've got to travel on the speeders. They've got to go on the Panthas. Like, it's yeah. it's this really, like, um, there was just a lot of, like, joking, kidding, teasing going on in this episode that kind mm-hmm. of, um, I don't know if that was uh, Timothy Oliphant's character's uh, shtick or, <laughs> or, 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 you know, if that's just how... To be fair, if I was living in a mining town, I would need to have a sense of humor for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Especially on so, Tatooine. <laughs> right, exactly. So it, it was just kind of cool to to see, um, you know, communicative banter that was very playful and uh, wasn't taken everything as seriously as maybe the situation needed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And um, one small note that I noticed, like, especially in the beginning of the episode was, you know, a lot of these like newer Star Wars series, they tend to, you know, want to bring in like newer aliens and things like that, which is fine, which is cool. I mean, you have obviously a huge galaxy to play with, but I sure. really appreciated how they had a lot of callbacks to older, like more classic aliens, like the Gamorians in the ring there. That was, you know, obviously, you know, aliens that were introduced in the classic original trilogy and I can't even recall really seeing them in the newer series all that much, okay. if at all. So, I mean, that was actually really cool for me because I'm like, oh, it's them, the Gamorreans, they're, they're in the ring. Like, it, it was just really cool right. to actually finally see them again. It, I don't know, that it was, it was a little thing, but, I mean, to me, like, a lot of the little things really add up. Yeah. I did like the um, little dog-like creatures, too. When yes. The... the- <laughs> those are used to speaking Tuscan and they're and mm-hmm. they were able to um and, and Mando was talking to to them and then one of them comes up and and wiggles its butt it's yeah. so cute it was it was so cute I was it like, was adorable oh, so cute okay so uh there, there were um some characters that we saw again which mm-hmm. was kind of cool um the Amy Sedaris's character um, yes uh, she was I don't. I think she's the only one I had any problems with, and I, 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 I have a hard time trying to describe why um, her her dialogue to the droids mm-hmm. was very like quick, speedy, irritated, rough. I felt like she mm-hmm. wasn't really. I don't know. I how do I? The second time around, I watched it, and I didn't like how she talks to anything at all. Like. <laughs> uh, it, it felt like there was supposed to be some kind of, like, comical or uh, element to her that I was completely missing the second time around. Like, I, I didn't I didn't like her. I, I guess I never really liked her, but I, I, I love that it's Amy Sedaris. I, I just don't like the 
her words. I just yeah, and I mean that's valid. Sometimes you know you get actors that you love and enjoy, but then they get roles that you're like, oh, and don't really enjoy it. You know, like I think yeah. that I should, but I don't. You know, so I don't know if it's like her acting that's that's throwing me off, or if it's the actual way it's written, or what. Because obviously, or maybe the direction she's given. Right, and and I was just very like irritated with how irritated she was with her droids you know like can you imagine if your interaction is you know those three little droid dudes and the r5 and you're always irritated with them like (laughs) i would i feel like i'm more used to droids being helpful and appreciated than i am for them to be such an annoyance and i guess uh, maybe that's just how it is on tatooine because i guess we've seen droids and uh, people and slaves be essentially not appreciated on Tatooine, but yeah. I I'm just so used to C-3PO and R2 and how the how the you know the, the Jedi's appreciate all of mm-hmm. the help. So I, I feel like I'm just thrown off by that kind of an element um, for your workforce. Yeah, and I mean to be honest, I was thrown off just a little bit too because like in the previous seasons, like you know she was kind of sticking up for them because Mando was like, yeah. you know, no, no droids, no droids at all. And she was like kind of exasperated because she's like, you know, this is my workforce. They're good guys, you know, and everything like that. But then, yeah. you know, then she's kind of like snappy with it. And I mean, like I understand like they started to like, you know, kind of goof up a little bit, but still like, I don't know. It just, well, I don't instantaneously, know. Instantaneously, <laughs> she was like, oh, you know, no, no, he doesn't like droids. And then he's like, oh, I may as well give the crest a once over. And then she's like, oh, you heard him. Go, go, go. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but why are we? The, the, I, I realize that the element probably has changed, that now she, you know, she wants to cater to, to Mando and mm-hmm. do whatever it is that he wants. Um, and she doesn't understand why it would have changed, why his, uh, you know, her, his perspective on droids may have changed. Mm-hmm. And she, she wasn't there for that, I guess. Yeah. So, that makes sense. But at the same time, I feel like that there should have been a call out to that. Like we could have given, you could have given me a couple seconds of dialogue that's, you know, expressed him to her, why that's changed. And then maybe she would have, wouldn't have been so, I don't know. It, it, it rubbed me the wrong way, but I guess, you know, it's a one hour show. You can't get everything in. I get it. Uh, okay, fine. So, um, it was kind of cool to see uh, Timothy Elephant uh, yeah. wearing Mando armor. Uh, and you know, it's it's so it was so funny because like I kept looking at him. I'm like, this, he looks so familiar. Where do I know him from? Where do I know him from? <laughs> and literally, the only thing I have actually seen Timothy Oliphant in is as Agent Forty Seven in Hitman, where he's oh. completely bald, completely clean shaven. And so, like, I have you know when you when I think of Timothy Oliphant, you know, obviously I don't picture him with like facial hair and actual hair like so it's it's kind of like a weird dissonance in my head you know (laughs) because he looks so different that's like the one thing i don't know him from so So that's interesting it was it was interesting like the the second time i watched all i could think about was how skinny he is he's so skinny Mm -hmm. you know he's like literally it's like a bean pole a, a bean pole wearing Mandalorian armor. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's funny, too, because there's so much um, emphasis on how he's the marshal of the town and how um, the people there respect him because of the armor. But it becomes pretty clear throughout the episode that that's not why they respect him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he tells his little origin story of how he 
uh, ran away and got the armor and came back, and now, you know, that's his signature look. But mm-hmm. when he tells the the town, look, we're, I don't, I, I'm not terribly attached to this armor as long as I can protect the town, that's clearly what they're going to respect him for coming, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so his character gets to kind of change a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I guess he changes a lot of it through, throughout the episode because mm-hmm. of um, their battle with the crate Dragon. So it's, it's kind of cool because I, th- the whole time he's talking to the town, um, telling them we're going to go and explode this thing, um, you get the impression that, like, there's really, you know, like, I kept thinking, well, the armor doesn't really protect you that much, buddy. What, what if somebody <laughs> shoots you in the arm? Uh, or, you know, like all of that bean polishness to him. <laughs> He's not a small target, and I can't. I've never met a tall guy who's quick on his feet. So, I mean, okay. But it's, it's cool to see him transition from, like, angry ridiculousness to when he's going with the sand people to go, um, they're loading up the Banthas, and one of the townspeople hands uh, a weapon to one of um, to one of them and he drops it and he defends them then and he's like mm-hmm. it's it's a very quick it's a very subtle quick change in character for him that I yeah. really appreciated especially um, because earlier like he didn't even want to drink whatever it was that they offered him you know right and then right before they're about to um, go and explode the thing he takes a drink out of it like it's a like it's a daily thing. Yeah. Like, well, might as well, I guess. When in Rome. Exactly. And and that time you don't see it like smoking and everything, but when they're around mm-hmm. the fire, it's like, I wouldn't drink it. It looked gross. Like I couldn't even smell it and I didn't want to drink it because it looked whatever. Oh my it's God. like, oh, pinch your nose and just kind of, you know, <laughs> for the, for the cultural, uh, right. Exactly. Significance. <laughs> I do have something that's bothering me, though. How does um, how does a Mandalorian eat? Do they take their masks off when they're alone? Like, they only eat alone? Or what about drinking? Probably. I mean, I, I would assume so. That or maybe he can, like, straws. slip it. Maybe they can, like, slip it up underneath his helmet. <laughs> I feel like I need to pay closer attention to this. I'm always about the logistics, right? Like, I want to yeah. know why, how they do what they, like... You know, like if they have to go to the bathroom and stuff, that makes sense. Fine, cool, whatever. But other than that, I, I think it's just one of those things where it's kind of like a normal daily thing where if you don't see it, you don't always necessarily question if it's happening. Like, you know, in a movie, like even just like say a normal rom com movie, you're not going to see people eat, sitting down and eating three meals every single day. But you assume still that they're eating three times a day or two times a day at least or something, you know. They don't show every instance that somebody's going to the bathroom. But you assume that they are carrying out that function because it's just, it's a normal function to have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I I just, I guess I want to see it. Maybe we (laughs) saw it sometime last season and I just missed it. Well, I remember um, at one point, like, he was offered food and, like, he didn't take his helmet off. And so, like, he waited until the person left to take his helmet off and eat. So I do remember that. I do remember that much from last season. Okay. Which, granted, this was a while ago watching it. But, but, yeah, I, I do remember that moment because he just, like, refused to take it off. 
and then once once uh, they did, that was like a big moment because he took it off, but like the camera was, you know, positioned so that you didn't actually see his face. You just saw him like set down the helmet and you saw the helmet, you know. Right, right. I did hear, um, I don't know if it was a rumor or not, but I heard that the actor who plays Mando um, mm-hmm. was upset that he doesn't get more screen time without his helmet on. And um, the powers that be were like, well, you know who you're playing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I do get it to a certain degree because, I mean, this is a character, obviously you're well invested in it. You're, you know, portraying him extremely well. So, I mean, he, he obviously has some sort of connection with him. And when you have a connection to a character and you kind of endue them with your essence, you know, you want something of yourself to be shown as well. Um, poor Andy Circus throughout the whole filming of Lord of the Rings when he was Gollum. I mean, he, you don't see his face at all as Gollum until like the third one, the third um, movie. At the very beginning, you get to see him as Smeagol, but that's the right, only right. time. And I remember during the commentary, like the for the expanded version, he was talking about filming, and there's this one certain sequence where Sam is like making a stew out of the rabbits that he caught, and he spits like as Gollum, like you know he's blowing a raspberry and the spit that you see on screen is actually andy circus's spit from the actual oh. take so it's not like okay. computer it's not computer generated spit it's his spit and then he kept going on about he was so proud that his spit was on the screen <laughs> so i mean I, I understand like it is you know kind of a struggle you put in all this work and all this effort and it feels like you know it, it's not you don't see yourself there, you know? It's like you want to see yourself in that role, too, you know? because it's clearly you, and you're you're working so hard. Yeah, it's like you want some sort of appreciation, even though, I mean, people know it's you. It's it's different, you know? It's a different kind of validation. Well, yeah, and, of course, we know what Pedro Pascal looks like. Yeah. I think we actually did see him at some point in Time Without His Mask on last season yeah at one point um, i like think in the last episode moment. yeah yes. yeah um but it's so i don't know i i get it like i would want that too mm-hmm. um but i simultaneously was like oh but we know it's you under there don't worry about it it's okay yeah <laughs> um did you catch that john leguizamo was in this one yes and i at first i was like because i was watching the credits and i was like wait john leguizamo what what was he in? Oh, but he was yep. he was the little Cyclops dude, I think, at the beginning, wasn't yep. he? Yep, that was him. That's what I thought. So yeah, I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense now. That makes that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> well, right, little little spindly swindler dude. Yep. 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 Gotta be John Leguizamo. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does a great job. I mean, he he usually does a great job anyway. So I mean, kudos to him. I. I, I really appreciate actors who they can take on a role and sometimes like you don't even recognize them like as even them. Him. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is like I feel like I should know John Leguizamo's voice. Like I was yeah. impressed that I didn't recognize that. Um, yeah. Because usually I, I feel like his voice is pretty noticeable. Yeah. Uh, like I mean some people just have some noticeable features that and you know they're gonna leak through no matter what. Um, I swear there are some voice actors that my husband can just pick up on and he knows that's that person. That's that person. Clancy Brown is one of them. Um, he voices uh, Lex Luthor in a lot of like DC stuff, and he he does other voice work as well. But every single time he hears him, he's like, "That's Clancy Brown. 
that's Quincy Brown, isn't it? You know, like he just he picks it up. Same thing for like Keith David and um, um, some other voice actors in you know like animated stuff and games and stuff that we right. you know watch and play. It's like that's that person. Like you, you can't even though there's somebody completely different. Like they just. Right. They can't change well, up their voice entirely, you know? It's funny, too, with um, even, like, Mark Hamill. Uh, Jason and I were watching um, what we do in the shadows recently, and there's mm. an episode or two that he's in, and um, Jason's, like, instantaneously saying, oh, that's his voice. That's, that's, that, I think that's Mark Hamill. And I was looking at his chin like, I'm pretty sure that's Mark Hamill's chin. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Mark Hamill's a funny one because, like, if you only know him for, like, Luke Skywalker... You uh-huh. would never really connect him to yeah, but now his I can't other voice unhear, work. I can't unhear the Joker voice thing. Yeah, so. and see, like, once you hear the Joker, and then if you hear, like, Fire Lord Ozai and, like, some other, like, um, characters that he's done, you can sure. kind of start to hear a little bit of a pattern, especially when he plays villains. You can kind okay. of start to hear little bits that are very similar because there's another villain that he plays as well that to me sounds very close to Ozai and I'm like yep okay so you it's like (laughs) it's like you start to recognize a pattern you know sure sure yeah that makes sense I um okay so a couple other things I think that it's possible we've seen that same tribe of uh the Tusken Raiders before Mm -hmm. um because they had that uh, those the, the like the headgear the the goggles that were fairly new. Um, I think we've seen them like in season one. Um, oh really? Because we, well yeah because Mando's been on Tatooine recently. Well yeah, but I mean um, I I think they all pretty much wear the same thing because I mean in the oh, original no, series I, they do. Yeah, there's there was like a like a callback to something that they. We, we saw them traded or something. In, oh, okay, okay. I missed one. that then. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, there was so much. I mean, and honestly, like, I, I was trying to pay attention to, like, all the little details. Because I know that they usually, like, you know, put all of these in. Right. But I was Extra so focused. nuggets. Yeah. Like, I was so focused on certain things. Like, one of the things that really thrilled me was, like, seeing them travel. And, like, they're all single file. Like, that was one of the things that I pointed out to my husband. Like, they're all single file. Like, I, I was legitimately excited to see them you know, actually uh, appropriately uh, portrayed that way. Because that was one of the things from the original trilogy was that, oh, you know, sand people travel single file to hide their numbers. And I'm like, yep, that's it. That's it. They're doing the the thing. They're doing the thing, you know. (laughs) They're doing that thing. Yeah. Yes. The thing that they're said that they're supposed to do, you know, because, I mean, you can't, not every series has that kind of continuity, you know. They might say right. one thing and then later, you know, oh, well, no, not really, or not in every circumstance. You know, it's so... To see right. continuity held up, to me, is really cool. I guess I'm just kind of a nerd when it comes to writing, and I, I enjoy that kind of thing. But, yeah, that that was one thing that actually... Very minor, but it really excited me to see. Well, right, and that's what's funny, too, is I, I was about to say something like, oh, you know, um, what what were the Easter eggs in this episode? Mm-hmm. But, like, the whole thing was an Easter yeah. egg. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. We're and being serious with ourselves. Yeah, and I mean, like, even the whole, like, pearl egg thing that they 
held up at the end after, you know, they killed the crate dragon. I'm like, oh, that's kind of like, you know, call back to the first season when, you know, they had the egg. <laughs> you know, that that's all I could hear. Oh, the egg, the egg, the egg. <laughs> right, right. And that's what was funny, too, is because they... Um, uh, there was a, an egg in uh, season one, too, mm-hmm. where it was like a hairy, furry thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I read that this one might not be an egg, that there's... It could be like a, a... Pearl? Yeah, because that's what I immediately thought it was, was like some sort of pearl thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that was um, one of the things I kind of noticed and uh, drew there. Um Another thing is I really appreciate how they kind of portrayed the Sand People, that they're not just these, you know, vicious raiders. Um, Right. Because, I mean, in the original canon series, you know, they're, that's pretty much how they're portrayed. In the first trilogy, we actually don't see them too much. We see them once, and then, you know, that's it. You know, they're basically trying to accost, you know, C-3PO and R2 and Luke Skywalker, and so... You know, that's pretty much all we see of them then. And then in the prequel trilogy, you know, obviously they kidnap uh, Anakin's mother and, you know, Anakin's mother dies. And then Anakin goes berserk and kills their whole, like, settlement tribe. I'm not sure exactly what term that they would use for them. But, you know, that's pretty much all that we see of them in the original canon. Now, in the expanded universe, um, one of Han and Leia's kids actually befriends... A Tuscan raider um, who is force sensitive. She came from Tatooine to study under Luke Skywalker, and I, I always remember that. Yeah, I, I thought it was just really cool to like see like a positive portrayal of a Tuscan raider or a sand person because it, you know, she was just she was just a normal girl. She actually went barefoot everywhere because she thought it was so novel because you know obviously the sands of Tatooine are so hot you know you can't go barefoot so that was that was her old shtick like she would go around barefoot everywhere because it was just such a unique experience for her she wanted to experience it all the time so you know calling back to the fact that you know hey maybe there's some misunderstandings here and maybe they aren't all bad I thought was just really cool you know maybe there is some misunderstanding here that we should you know take a step back and you know kind of evaluate hey is there something going on are we just reaction you know reacting to things or are we you know is there some reason for this animosity so Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed that personally to see that kind of uh, portrayal Okay, so um, we have to talk about the very last uh, little tidbit yes. of who we got to see. Yes. Um, and I was I was kind of surprised <laughs> because, you know, throughout the episode, obviously when uh, Cobb came in and you saw the armor, like, you know mm-hmm. that's Boba Fett's armor. Right. And, you know, at first when I saw him, I'm like, that's Boba Fett's armor, but that's not Boba Fett because that armor does not fit right. You know, it, it's right, very right. obviously not his armor. Um yeah. And so then he talks about, oh, well, I got it from some scavengers. And I'm like, huh? Okay. And later on, it's revealed that, oh, yeah, they scavenged it uh, and uh, just found it somewhere. So, you know, you kind of get the idea that they're trying to hint that, yeah, Boba Fett's dead. You know, I was like, yeah, it's kind of sad because in the expanded universe, he was alive. But, you know, whatever. But, but... there's a bunch of, like, there's a, there's a bunch of little hints, though, too. They, they say that mm-hmm. the... That the Sarlacc pit is was abandoned. And, yeah, you know, like it's only Sarlacc abandoned if it's dead. Don't get abandoned unless it's dead. Yep. And yeah. They're like, well, um, 
how, you know, they were talking about how it died and all these fun rumors and stuff. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, was it the crate dragon or was it something else, you know? And then obviously you see him at the end. Um, His name's, the actor's name is Tamura Morrison. And in case anybody doesn't know, uh, Tamura Morrison is the person who portrayed Jango Fett in the Mm -hmm. prequel trilogy, which obviously Boba Fett is a direct clone of Jango Fett. So obviously an adult, you know, he's a very appropriate example of an adult Boba Fett, you know? So I was like, hmm, okay, so this might be interesting. You know, is he going to try and go after Mando and get his armor then? Or what? Like, how, how is this meeting going to go if they actually meet, you know? Right, we don't, we don't know his intentions. All we know is that he, we, we kind of assume that he saw Mando leave with his mm-hmm. armor. Yeah. I, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah. But, is he gonna fit in it anymore if he gets it? I don't, it it kind of looked like um, Cobb had like fashioned it together with like some kind of leather piece or something. Yeah, under, underneath tattooing um, duct tape or something. Yeah, I was like, that's interesting the way it's attached there. But okay, I I I'm here for it. Um, and then so I mean like we it's a pretty good consensus. Obviously, it's very obviously going to be setting up some sort of conflict potentially and you know the interesting thing is okay so i'm not i'm unsure and unclear as to boba fett's actual relationship with the mandalorians because Django was mandalorian um but we don't really know anything of what of boba um the last thing we saw of boba in canon was during episode two after directly after Django was killed and he you know takes his father's helmet and that's the last we see of him we don't know what happened to him if he was picked up maybe picked up by some other mandalorians or if he was picked up by somebody else if he is actually like a part of a mandalorian clan now or if he just wears the armor because of his father. Like we, right. Right. You know, so we don't actually know like what his connection could be to the Mandalorians, or at least I don't, I'm not, I'm unclear on his actual connection as of right now in the canon of, you know, to the Mandalorians. So I, I don't know what angle they're going to go with for this. Uh, there's a couple of different ways they could spin it, a couple of different ways it could go. And I'm kind of interested now to see what they're going to do with this now. Well, right, and so what's interesting to me then, too, is just, like, the um, the not knowing, like, the, mm-hmm. the possibilities of all of these things. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, like, perfectly content to wait. Well, you know, by the time um, we're talking about this, we don't have to wait too long for the next well, episode. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's kind of exciting to, like, have something to look forward to to mm-hmm. kind of push us along um i know there are lots of people who are always like oh i wish that or i don't watch mandalorian until i can watch all of them binging them like some crazy person um <laughs> but in this kind of element i really enjoy having to wait and having to have something to look forward to yeah on friday to be able to watch because it it's um it's kind of relieving for me in all the things that we aren't and or possibly looking forward to yeah um right now so it's kind of cool for me and but i have had people tell me that they don't watch anything until they can watch all of it so they're gonna wait until the whole thing's released and i was like so while the rest of us are watching these eight nine episodes you're gonna be <laughs> not okay that that's sure. gonna be some work to avoid spoilers 
Exactly. I mean, unless you don't care about spoilers, which is also valid, but still, like, that's got to be some work to avoid them because, I mean, pretty much, you know, almost every social media outlet's going to have something, you know? Something's going to slip somewhere, you know, no matter how careful people are. Like, they assume, I'm sure, like, if a couple of days or a week or two has passed that, okay, you know, you can post about it, but... If you're yeah. holding out, then do you just go off of social media for those times or just, mm-hmm. ah, that, that's got to be exhausting. <laughs> so I've heard a few rumors too about, um, lightsabers and, mm-hmm. you know, we saw the, the black lightsaber at the end of season one. Yeah. The dark saber, that which is very nice important right. to the Mandalorians as well. Um, and this was actually brought up and addressed mainly in the, uh, the Clone War, or not the Clone Wars, sorry, the Star Wars Rebels cartoon, um, mm-hmm. because they have a Mandalorian character, like, front and center. Um, I yeah. So... I watched uh, it, I swear. <laughs> and I, so, that's like... That's what I was gonna... I, we haven't even talked about the fact that I've watched Rebels, and, um, you know, maybe a couple of seasons into Clone Wars, so mm-hmm. it's... It, uh, some, one of these days, we're gonna we're gonna do, like, a whole... I don't know. We're going to have to talk about all the things I know that I pretend I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I just, I really enjoy that they're, they're doing callbacks, not just to live action media, but also to animated media as well. It kind of reinforces the idea that yes, these are all canon. These are all perfectly legitimate sources of this canon story because, you know, I know a lot of people don't really consider animated stuff to really either not be canon or to be really worth their time. And it's like, no, like these, these animated series are amazing. You know, if you just give them a chance, you know, and you get it out of your head that, oh, well, it's car, it's animated. So it's cartoons and cartoons are only for kids. Like, you know, cartoons are for kids. Like, and it's like, no, clearly it is not. So it, you know, obviously there are cartoons out there that are geared towards kids, but there are cartoons out there that are geared towards a much wider audience that kids can still right. watch, but adults can watch and appreciate as well. So, and I mean, Avatar The Last Airbender is a perfect example of that. And I mean, come on, <laughs> like, right. let, let's get off the high horse and pretend that animation is only for kids and just, just watch it, watch it and enjoy it, you know? And I mean, if you happen to watch it and don't enjoy it, that's fine too. But I think it's just kind of silly. Yeah. It's just kind of silly to like, Oh, I just, you know, cartoons are for kids. I'm never going to watch this. That's, that's just silly. Like, like, okay. So a couple of things to, to, to finish up. Um, Moff Gideon obviously is not powerful or strong enough in any way, shape or form to Mm -hmm. wield the dark saber. Yeah. Um, there's no way, uh, yeah okay well that's i'm kind of curious how, how he got goes. it right mm-hmm. right it, it'll be interesting to, to see how that all plays out um mm-hmm. and you had said something about uh boba and mandalorians i think we also know though that Django was kind of like obsessed with mandalore history mm-hmm. so it it's possible that you know he taught boba whatever he could or etc cetera, etc cetera, right i mean have we other than, like, in the Visa clan, have we ever seen a Mandalorian wield a lightsaber? Uh, not that I'm aware of in the, in the canon that I've seen. Um, I mean, the thing is, is 
it, it, it can get kind of messy because I, I think there's a lot of different ways that the Mandalorians were portrayed over time. And so, like, they're try, I, I think the current canon is trying to, like, consolidate and kind of either not outright retcon, but kind of explain all these different, like, ways that they've, you know, been portrayed as, if that makes sense. Because there, there's just, you know, especially with the expanded universe and everything like that, there's... There's so many different ways that they have been, you know, so many different takes on them, you know. So, you know, I, I'm kind of, again, I, I think part of that um, lack of specificity is, I think, something that they're probably going to, you know, lean into so that they can, you know, have the freedom to explore you know, X amount of little storylines that they, you know, maybe couldn't if there was a little bit more solid canon on them, you know? Yeah. But trying to actually explain it as opposed to try to explain it away, I, mm -hmm. I, can, I can get behind that. Oh, yeah. And I, I really enjoy, you know, when I write, I, I kind of enjoy doing that, you know, taking what, you know, some might perceive as plot holes or, you know, things that were just dropped and kind of not explaining them away, but kind of explaining around it, you know? Right. All right, cool. Last thoughts? I'm really excited to see the rest of the season. Um, really solid start, and I hope they keep it up. Right. Well, and uh, as usual, we have to say, you know, if you have something you'd like to tell us or um, clarify something or uh, headcanon something with us, please do. We are always wanting to hear from you. And uh, geez, with that, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tegan. And thanks for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons.